right. Welcome to a special edition podcast today. It's not branded Bringing in the Blitz today or the official Down the Field podcast. We're happy to have Andrew Robinson doing a, kind of a joint podcast today. Andrew, how's it going, man? Alex, it's going good. Rob, good to talk to you guys. You know, it's, uh, it's funny how these things work out. Uh, it was just a few weeks ago that uh, I really started to think it might be time to, to branch out and see if we can do a cross pod. And it was at that time I started to listen to Bringing the Blitz. And I knew right then and there that this is the one that we needed to go with. So uh, glad to be here. Glad we could work this thing out. Are we are we as high profile as Peter Burns was last week on your on your uh, <laughs> podcast? Or uh... <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you, the key to that is just constant DMing. You know, um, <laughs> I, I have learned through many different experiences with direct messaging on many different platforms. If you're picking up what I'm saying here, uh, you can't you can't ever let it go when the first one's unread. You just got to continue to pound away and see if uh, you can be the pest in someone's ear that will eventually try and pick you out and. Uh, Luckily, was able to get Peter Burns on. Had a great chat with him. Uh, would love to see what he's thinking this week. He was uh, down in Baton Rouge last week. So, uh, funny how those things work out. But, you know, I got to say, Peter Burns does a morning radio show. He doesn't do a podcast. So, this is technically the first ever podcasters wow. I've, I've, I've done something with. So, if, if that means anything, uh, you've got it. <laughs> it, it, it means, we, we feel honored, yeah. It means We're, something. <laughs> Coming from you. We love it. Yeah, All right. well, I was about to say, you know, you guys are really like uh, hyping me up here, making me feel really good inside. I, you know, I'm sure you got some things built up for this uh, for this show that are going to tear me right back down. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get this thing rolling with uh, last week's games. Uh, obviously, we got the uh, just the game that decided. The, we'll start with Georgia Kentucky decided the SEC East. Uh, to both of us, I don't think there was any surprise here in this room that, that, that the outcome of that game. No, uh, Georgia had the better athletes. Georgia had the better team. Better coaches. I mean, at the end of the day, Kentucky just does not have the athletes to step on a football field. They just don't. Have, they don't have the offense. I mean, yeah, they, right. saw, they, they stopped Benny Snell, and then I mean, Terry Wilson threw the ball probably as well as he has all season. But I mean, it didn't really matter because it wasn't. I mean, it still wasn't that great. And so right. you know, it, they they're just they're close, which is good for Kentucky. It's probably good enough for their fans being close, just because they don't expect to be that great in football. But they're not. They're not nearly close enough to Georgia's level. Right, right, and you know, I, I talked to when I talked to Peter about this. Um, if I, I told him, if I would have told you in August that there would be a game in um, early November, late October, that would decide the SEC East, you probably would have said Georgia, Florida. Instead, it was Georgia, Kentucky, and I think for their fans, that's got to be enough. Um, I was an idiot on Saturday. I had somehow convinced myself that Kentucky would hang around there. Because um, Peter Burns was convinced. I, I know. He, I think he was the one that really threw me over the edge. Um, and, and, and there's five questions I usually like to ask myself when you're dealing with a college football game. And I, I wish I could take credit for these questions, but I heard on a podcast maybe last summer. And it starts with, who's playing at home? And that would be Kentucky. So I gave Kentucky a point. Who has the better quarterback? Georgia has the better quarterback. Who has the better overall defense? Georgia has the better overall defense. Who has the better offensive and defensive lines? That's where I convinced myself that Kentucky was the winner there, even though they clearly were not. They were uh, put to shame uh, on on Kroger Field uh, this past weekend. And then the fifth question is, who has the better coach? Uh, and there's no doubt it's Kirby Smart. So I try and go through those those lists when I'm trying to pick a game like that. 
Uh, unfortunately for me this past week, I didn't even listen to my own model and let a few <laughs> outside sources, we'll call it, uh, persuade my thinking into thinking that the Wildcats um, are something special. The good news is, as a Tennessee fan, it looks like Kentucky is still Kentucky, and they're just yeah. not ready to compete at the national stage yet. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I, I think I like the question that you ask: who's got the better de- offensive and defensive line? Because at, at the end of the day, in this conference, it's a line of scrimmage league. It has been since the beginning, and it always will be. The team that has that wins at the point of attack is usually the be- is usually the team that's going to come out on top. And it, clearly, Georgia was. I mean, cl- clearly, Georgia just had the better athletes there. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, and I, and I think I, and I, I think I might have mentioned this last week on our podcast, but I think that. Kentucky football reminds me a lot for a coach like Duke football in a sense where David Cutcliffe does a very does wins you know goes to a bowl game almost every year and has one good year every I'll say every six seven years that kind of makes fans happy and then the rest of the time they're just content yeah. and I think this is Stoops' year right here for Kentucky because I think he, you know Kentucky wins six, seven games, and their fans are going to be happy, and they have this one season, you know, every so often, then Stoops' job is never going to be in question, and, you know, he's kind of on pace with that, just like Cutcliffe is at Duke right now. I, there's, a, there's a very realistic chance he wins 10 games this year. As crazy as yeah. that sounds. Yeah, I mean, it, as a Tennessee fan, as a fan of any college football team, outside of maybe two or three uh, right now, if you're winning 10 games a season, you should be over the moon. Um, especially if you are Kentucky football, um, you should you should be very happy with where you're at. You're starting to see some real progression of recruits, which mm-hmm. is something that they haven't been able to do yep. up in Lexington. It's it, it, when they've brought players in, and there are some this year for Kentucky JUCO guys that have come in and made statements, but then they leave. Right? right. This year, you're seeing Kentucky really start to develop some of these recruits that they're being able to get, and also make a more national presence on the recruiting trail. If you look at some of the rankings this year, it's it's a very interesting. Uh, dilemma and exciting dilemma you're in if you're Kentucky football uh Mark Stoops has got him on the right path though that's that's for sure yeah and I mean he has a chance this year to do two things that haven't been done in 30 plus years and that's he already beat Florida and he has the chance to come in and win a game in New Stadium which they haven't done since 1984 and those are I mean if he if Mark Stoops could do that you might as well go ahead and start building the statue outside Kroger Field (laughs) (laughs) yeah because because at that point go ahead Rob that they peaked at that point, you know. Like at that point, they peak. Yeah. At the end. At of the what day. point do we just take Kroger Field away and just call it Mark Stoops Field? I mean, <laughs> they're not even statue worthy yet. You got to get rid of an advertiser uh, from a stadium before you can put up a statue. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So I guess on to the uh, the uh, not much of a game in the SEC West. But uh, I, I don't, and I don't really think that surprised anyone either. We're talking about Alabama, LSU, but and I don't really, I don't think, just like Kentucky, Georgia, I don't really think that. I mean, I, I didn't really expect LSU to be held scoreless, but I didn't really expect it to be close. And I mean, it it, it was it was basically what I expected with Alabama just dominating, and their de- but their defense looked a lot better than it has the past. I mean, all all season, you know, it's their first real big test. They haven't really faced a great offense yet. And I don't know LSU if LSU's offense is great. Joe Burrow no, didn't no. really perform up to uh, expectations. But no, I I mean I kind of expected from Alabama what exactly what they did, which is just domination. 
they have put themselves so far ahead of everyone. Um, I think most people that either have seen Alabama play every single week or are not currently playing Alabama, meaning the week you play them, are pretty well known. It's pretty well known now how good they are. Um, it's it, it's really quite something, and I, I think you're right. There there were there were so much more dominant than LSU in every factor that I kind of made a joke about it last week on my podcast and um, didn't really know if it was going to come true or not. I took Alabama. I took them with the 13 and a half. I thought that was an, uh, an artificial spread almost. It got pushed so far down because everyone thought Death Valley at night was going to carry them. But you can only get carried so far um, in, in college football. When you're down 21 nothing, or when you're down 14 nothing, and you can't get a first down, and you can't move past midfield, you're you're going to struggle. And we saw that from LSU this weekend. It was it was another dominant show from Alabama. Uh, they've got so many horses in those stables that it's hard to it's hard to run with them. Here's here's my big question here. After watching those games, is Keller Crest a better quarterback than Joe Burrows? He threw two touchdowns against <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just see him on the field one more time, Coach? I mean, come on. You know, all the redneck guy comes in against Bama, throws two touchdowns, and then back to the bench. I'm I'm really confused about that. (laughs) All the redneck fans, you know, are clamoring for Keller Crest. You know, they don't they don't uh, they don't like Jared Garantano, so which uh, strikes a nerve with uh, Stackle here. It does strike a nerve with me. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. I'll I'll, I'm uh, I'll back Jarrett to pretty much the day I die, but. yeah, just to read off some of these stats from this game. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the, the box score, and Alabama was 8 of 14 on third down. They had 576 total yards, <laughs> and they allowed 12 rushing yards. <laughs> I mean, that's just – that's scary. That, that's, not, that's not fair. You're playing the number three team in the nation. That's just not fair. And then I, here's, the, here's the question I want to follow up with all this Alabama talk. Is there a team – that's as it sits right now that can beat Alabama and if so who no 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 there's no one that's even close in my opinion I, I mean there maybe Clemson is the closest team and that's strictly because of their defensive line play maybe being able to put pressure on Tua and make him throw some bad throws the problem with Alabama is compared to everybody else and, and Vegas backs this up I mean if you look at the spreads that they've opened up with if they played Notre Dame in the playoff right now, Alabama's a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. If they played UCF, they're a 31-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, like, the closest one, I think, is is Clemson at 13-and-a-half. Yeah. I don't know how many other teams in college football are better than LSU. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we saw how much higher Alabama is than, than just LSU. So, simply put, I don't think there's anybody. I mean, a, a, a totally an opinion thing, and you guys might differ on that, but... Alabama seems like they're just, you know, everybody always jokes about how they could beat an NFL team. This year's team actually might be able to beat the Buffalo Bills. I, I'm not totally convinced of that. And just because I like yanking the Titans fans no, changing the room right I here. I, I had a feeling this was coming. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but uh, no, I, 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 for the most part, agree. But I'll, I'll take the flip side of this. The one team, I, I'm not going to go to the Clemson route here. I think if there is one team right now that is built best to beat Alabama, it is the Michigan Wolverines. And the reason I say that is because they have an experienced defense led by a really good defensive coordinator in Don Brown. 
And then they have a mobile quarterback with Shea Patterson, who's starting to click a little bit. He's starting to figure things out. I'm not saying he's, he's – I'm not comparing to Deshaun Watson. But that type of quarterback is what you need to beat an Al, a current Alabama team. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to come close to beating Alabama. But if there was one team, I would probably side with Michigan more so than Clemson. Just and that and this is no, and this is not me throwing Trevor Lawrence under the bus. But I don't care how good you are, a freshman quarterback against Alabama is not going to go over well. Right, um, I agree. So having a what is this? Shea Patterson's fifth year. Is he a fifth, fifth year guy? I think fifth, he's fourth. I think fourth he's fourth. year. Yeah. So, but still, and he's played. He's played against Alabama before. He's played at Ole Miss. Yep. And he, I mean, he has the experience. So, if there was a team, I would say Michigan. But I don't think any team comes close. I agree. My my problem with Michigan, and it's not that I don't think that they can they could hang around with them, or they might they might be the best team. I don't think they're going to get a chance. Um, they got to go to the horseshoe, and. Knowing how Ohio State always does this crap where they lose a game in the middle of the season <laughs> to a nobody and then they come back and are, are just fine down the stretch and go on to win a Big Ten championship, it would not shock me if Ohio State is sitting there at one loss with a Big Ten champion and knocking on the door of the college football playoff. Now, will that happen? I don't know. How's it going to play out? I don't know that either. That might be way too beyond. That might be a, for, for a future pod. But that's the, that's one of the, the concerns I have with Michigan is can they get up for the big game? Because we saw in week one they came close, but they didn't do it. Jim Harbaugh's always knocking on the door there in big-time moments but hasn't been able to cross the finish line with this Michigan team. And eventually, it, you're, you know, you know these reputations get there for a reason. And Michigan's got to do something that will open people's eyes instead of beating up on teams like Purdue and Minnesota. Yeah, and, and a not great – I mean, the Penn State game was a statement, but at the end of the day, how good is Penn State? Oh, they have Stretch McSorley, and that's bad. And, and, and even then, he didn't play. Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't play well because he, no, he had nothing around him. Tommy Stevens uh, was in that game towards the end, yeah, but uh, I, no, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I compare Jim – Jim Harbaugh to me is comparable to Mark Rick. I think Mark Rick's – I like to call him Big Game yeah. Rick because Big Game Rick ain't going to win you a big game ever. Ever. He never, he never did at Georgia, and that's why he's at Miami now. Yeah, I would agree. Talking uh, talking about Ohio State, I think the real question is if they end up beating Michigan, does uh, Urban Meyer in the post game press conference come out that he now has a clear health report? I think that. Yeah. 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 I think that might actually happen. You know, I think that's what I'm really concerned about here. Is there is there a, is there a worse scenario for college football fan than an uh, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame playoff? No, no one wins there. <laughs> Not a single person. I'm a, I'm a big Clemson fan if that happens. A Clemson yeah, exactly. I think, I think about 99% of the country would be a Clemson fan. The only <laughs> 1% is the, is the 1%. Uh, I, I think, and, you know, it, it honestly gets to a point where you've got with, with Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Alabama, you've got a bunch of people in this country that won't know who to cheer for out of those three teams. Yeah. I, the, the, those, are their, those are their boys. I'm a Notre Dame fan when they're good. I'm an Ohio State <laughs> fan. I'm also a Bama fan right now. It's it, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Does that one percent actually know who to root for? Because they're probably fans of all three teams. You know, they, they probably just don't know don't know what to do. You know, because all three teams have never been good at the same time until now. So. I'm, I'm kind of curious now. Really quick, we'll go. Th- we'll fly through this and we'll move on. Who do you vote? Who do you root for out of those three? I think I would probably lean Notre Dame personally. Of course you would. I, I'm not rooting I, for. Urban I Meyer. actually think I would choose Notre Dame. Yeah, too. thank you. <laughs> this this is going to sound so un Tennessee, but at this point. 
you have an Alabama team that is just, you know, they're so much better than everybody else. You can't allow anybody else to be able to play with the big boys. There's only one big boy. If you let two people on the swing set, all of a sudden you're starting to run out of swings. So I like that. I like, I I like that. Alabama simply because I can't stand the fact knowing that anyone else is going to be better uh, than Alabama before Tennessee can get there. But that's that's a total Tennessee Homer talking. I, I like that analogy. No, that <laughs> was a good analogy. That was a really good analogy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I watched too much Colin Cowherd, boys. <laughs> yeah, the only the, Colin Cowherd had his worst take probably ever this week, though. So I got a little bone to pickle, Colin. But uh, and, and it was the week after you said how much you like Colin Cowherd. So. I do. I like him. A, I like him a lot. But uh, yeah. Uh, real quick, want to touch on you know Missouri, Florida. I mean, that was an absolute beatdown. Yeah, that was stunning to me. I I kind of expected Missouri to compete, but is there a team that's thrown in the towel more so than Florida now after that loss to Georgia? <laughs> I guess they just felt like they had nothing to play for because I mean that was embarrassing. I mean they benched Felipe what at halftime, right? Yeah, and then and, uh, the reports out of Gainesville are pretty nasty. Have not been pleasant this no, week. No, they that it's just it's kind of falling apart for them. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see. I don't, Will Muschamp and Will, Will Muschamp couldn't handle this. Um, you know, past Florida coaches haven't been able to handle when it falls apart. It'll be interesting to see what Dan Mullen does. Ma- I mean, McAway made up a lie when yeah. things started to fall apart for him. So it'll be interesting. This is Mullen's first big test right here to see if he can maybe settle everything down. And because I mean, they've got a difficult game against South Carolina coming this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they, he's really got to make sure that they're settled down and ready to go. And just real quick, if you guys remember, um, I'm, and I'm sure you do, the, that Dan Mullen Mississippi State team that uh, had Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. and they started out the season, what was it? It was like 8-0, and they played Alabama at home. Everybody thought they were, you know, had a chance to win or whatever, and then they, they lost. Uh, not by a lot. I think it was like a five-point game or something, so they went to like 9-1. And then two weeks later, they lost to Ole Miss and then lost to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. It got, got manhandled by Georgia Tech, too. Yep. And, and so my question for them is, and my, my notes surrounding this game, my mental note, because no one's really talking about it, this is typical Dan Mullen. Yeah. He always is able to get you to a point, and then it's like once they lose it, it's like he gets so defeated he can't get his team ready to go. That scares me a little bit. Not that it happened this year, but that it's a little bit of a pattern. Yeah, uh, We'll see how Florida is next year because that, that year after Dak Prescott, they were not very good. They lost to that BYU team. There were some, there were some interesting interesting moves down there uh, in Starkville. I like Dan Mullen personally. I hope that he can uh, turn that tide, not for Florida's sake, but for his personal sake, um, or turn that narrative on him. But just, just something – very interesting. I thought about that game, and I, it got me thinking about previous years with Dan Mullen. That's the, my big takeaway from that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've following all the uh, St. Louis beat writers that I do. Drew Lopp. He's. I don't know if you remember back to SEC media. CC Jefferson talking about how he hated playing at Mizzou because it was so quiet. Yeah. Do you remember that by any, by any chance? But I do. Drew I do. Lott, Drew Lopp got up on stage. Got up on his press conference this week and talked about uh, how how. Uh, he bet 99 hated playing this week because that stadium was also super quiet. <laughs> I like that. I, I love I, I'm, it. I'm not a big Drew Locke fan, but I like that. that I like I like seeing that. I like seeing a little bit of swagger yeah. from the kid because he, he needed to show that. And and what what is Florida going to do this week? I just saw this uh, here scrolling on the timeline that yesterday at practice, Kyle Trask got carted off. I mean, he's he replaced Felipe Franks because Felipe was playing so bad. 
I mean, do we see Emery Jones on Saturday? Felipe starts playing bad. I mean, I, I don't like. There's a lot of issues going on there. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's really dysfunctional, and they got to get it right because, as you said, they got a not a good South Carolina team, but somebody that if you're not playing good could beat you. And then I know Florida State's atrocious this year, but if you can't figure it out, that's still going to be a game where Florida State's going to be like all eggs in this basket. Let's go. Yep. And you better be ready for them. You're playing them on the road too. Yep. No, yeah. I agree. Apparently, this is what I saw on Twitter was uh, Kyle Trapp, the freak injury. It was on a trick play at practice. Oh, my. <laughs> so you want to talk about the dumpster fire there? They're having a quarterback run a trick play at practice, and he's getting carted off the field. So there you go. I would expect to see Felipe Franks this week. I, I, don't, think, I don't think there's any yeah. reason for them to burn Emory Jones' red shirt. Even though he's played in a game. He's played in one, game, played one game. But yeah. there's no point for him to, to start the rest of the year, I don't think, at this point, until it gets closer to the end. Yeah, I'm going right. to see Felipe Franks and get another yeah. game or two. And that that game will be interesting just because Will Muschamp seems to always have Florida's number two. So see if that continues or if Mullen can shake things up. Yeah. You want to want to happen? Hey, real quick before we move on to uh, maybe do another topic. One game this weekend, we, we don't have to spend long on it, but how about the balls on Dana Holgerson? Down on the road, Ooh. going for two, saying yeah. go win a football game and beating Texas. I mean, it, I was in... Uh, I was in Austin, or not in Austin, I was in Dallas, surrounded by a bunch of Texas fans. <laughs> they were not too happy about what they saw uh, in, in, towards the end of that game. All of a sudden, this West Virginia loss for Tennessee doesn't look a tro- like bad at all. This is a pretty good West Virginia team that might win the Big 12. And, and I feel like they're still getting a little disrespected in terms of the rankings, too. I, I think they could be a little there. I don't, I don't think people are really trusting them as much because of their loss to Iowa State. But um, but no, but no, yeah, I, that, that was quite something. I was uh, in a restaurant watching that game, and it was just that pass from Will Groot. You cannot put, no, you no. you cannot throw a better pass than that. I don't think. I mean, no. that that was the definition of a perfect pass. That was, yeah, that was the best ball I've seen all year. I mean, that was that was and the like the Dana Holgerson looking at Will Grant saying like, "What do you want to do here?" And they said, "Let's go win this football game." Like I, I love I love coaches that coach like yeah. that. I love coaches Every, everything like that. about it. And uh, Tom Herman, Tom Herman out there just crying after the game makes me happy too. I'm not, I'm not a big Tom, <laughs> I'm not Herman, a Tom guy. Herman fan, either. but uh, you know I, that was that was crazy. I, I agree with Rob here. I'm people forget Oklahoma last year lost to Iowa State. Yeah, and we saw how good that Oklahoma team was last year. It kind of this. What's I'm not going to compare them quite because Baker Mayfield I think is better than Will Greer, but it kind of has that feel. It kind of in, in a way it has that kind of feel out there in the Big Twelve. Because Iowa State just always gets that one sneaky win every year, just just what they do. And uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia still have to play each other. That's just for that's this, right this week. So. That's right. They play at the end of the year, and it's at home for West Virginia. So real, real quick, I know I said we'll move on, but really quick, if West Virginia wins out and wins the Big Twelve, and Ohio State beats Michigan, is there a chance that West Virginia gets that final spot? I would say yes. Because, I mean, that's two losses for Michigan, and I know they're... Well, but, he's looking at Ohio State, that means it'd be one loss Ohio State. Oh, so are you, say, are you saying that Ohio State beats them, or that they beat yeah, Ohio State? Ohio State wins out. Ohio State I'm wins saying out. Ohio State and West Virginia both went out. Okay. Who's going to get that last spot? Because it's going to be between those two teams. <sighs> that's tough. I honestly, I think I would give it to West Virginia. Just because I think, I agree. They, I think they, their uh, schedule has been a little more difficult than Ohio State's has. Yeah, I... I, I think, agree. I think I lean. I think I lean West Virginia there because I, I think you look at the loss and the nature of the loss, and they would look at Ohio State getting absolutely obliterated by Purdue, 
And West Virginia, for the most part, was competitive in the Iowa State game. Yeah, so I think it comes down to something of that nature. But and you know what's funny is if Iowa State wins out, they have to, if they beat if they beat Texas, Baylor, and Kansas State, they will probably uh, represent a, a, a portion. Oh, I think that back. No, because Oklahoma beat them head to head. Never mind. Forget that. I forgot about that. So so West Virginia and Oklahoma could play in back to back weeks. Based That's off right. The standings, which That's would right. Be, which would be wild. That would be crazy. Uh, that would be nuts. <laughs> okay, so well, here, here's here's the scenario. I think you were touching on. If, for example, if if Oklahoma wins that last week, your your Big Twelve championship game is Oklahoma Iowa State. If Iowa State wins out, because they would have the head to head with West Virginia. Yep. 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 That's right. Okay. Okay. Wow. That'd be. Oh, something. that would be a cakewalk. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be something. <laughs> a, yeah, that one. Would, that one would not be pretty. <laughs> you want to happen in the, this week's games? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's start here in Knoxville. Big one here for the uh, for the Vols to try to fight for bowl eligibility. Game against Kentucky. Haven't lost here since 1984. Angie, where are you going with this game? Where are you, what are you looking at? There's a couple things in this game that are intriguing to me. One is I think that Tennessee's defense is starting to really feel good about themselves, and I, and I take that. I say that. Totally excluding Alabama because they you can't let Alabama get you down. But the, the last couple weeks that we've seen this defense play, even in the South Carolina game, there were moments that this defense looked like they were stepping up. Um, I think that they're up to the challenge of trying to stop Benny Snell. And if you can limit them in the round game, you can do what Georgia did. Now, we're not Georgia. We don't have the athletes to what they are. But, but, the, but the game plan is to stop them up front first. And if you can do that, you are able to – force them to pass the football are a little bit more vulnerable there. And then this is not going to be a take that you like, uh, Alex, but I got to say it. The only way Tennessee has a chance of winning this game on Saturday is if uh, Keller Chris comes into the game at some point. Um, I, I, I want to believe in Jared Garantano, but a one touchdown against Charlotte uh, is just not going to do it for me. And I felt like you know you keep giving him chances, and eventually, um, some some's got to give. You got it. You got to switch it up. Now I know we got three games left, but there's a lot that rides on this for Tennessee. Not only just the fact that uh, it's the first time Kentucky can beat you on your home field since 1984, but also the fact that you have a potential bowl berth on the line. And the difference between six and seven games in a bowl game. Could be could be beneficial. So I'm hopeful Tennessee will win. If I'm thinking with my heart, Tennessee wins. Thinking with my brain, I do think Kentucky will beat Tennessee this weekend. I hear you. I hear you. I will. Resp- I will respond to to the criticism. <laughs> this, this, is, this is new for us because we're so high on Garantano that we've never had a critic on our podcast before. So this is new. This is new for us. Listen, listen. I I understand. I, I hear the I hear the noise. I get it. I get it. But I mean, look at that offensive line and how absolutely atrocious they are week in and week out. The best game they played oh, was it's bad. It's, it's bad. It's bad. And I get people. People like to point to the, uh, he's not he's not picking up blitz pickups. He's not he's not adjusting the line. He's not adjusting protection. He can't do this. He can't do that. At some point, it doesn't matter how well you adjust your your the the blitz pickup if they're only blocking for a second anyway. I mean, Marcus Tatum's on Drew Richmond's on his butt most of the game. 
Marcus Tatum has been on his butt most of the game. I, they just, it, it, to me, they just like they don't, they just don't block. And I've never seen an offensive line that hates blocking more than this offensive line, and it's 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 absolutely mind-boggling to me how how a, a group of these like SEC linemen they got SEC scholarships and they can't block. They just can't block. That's why that's why I don't want to necessarily throw it all on Jarrett because I don't think I don't think it's Jarrett's fault that. Granted, he holds onto the ball a little too long too sometimes. He he takes too many hits. I I hear you there. I just don't I don't think Keller Chris is like that instant upgrade because if he if he was that just like massive upgrade, Pruitt would have seen that in practice by now. I feel I feel like I just feel like Pruitt's a good enough coach to realize hey, he's like this this could help us long term. This could help us the offense if we put Keller in in this situation and it, it he hasn't so. I don't know. We'll see. My gut's telling me a close game. And you were right. We got we to figure out a way to, to, to stop Benny Snell, stop that nosebleed, the run attack. And we cannot let them get rolling. If they get rolling, we're in trouble. We're in for a very long football game. If we can get this game to the fourth quarter, Tennessee's got a fighting shot. But I don't know how we're blocking Josh Allen for four quarters. Certainly, certainly not going to be able to do that. So I'll take Kentucky in a close one. All right. I... I'll touch on defense a little bit, I guess, since you focused on offense. I'm covering the game, so I won't give as much uh, picks as I would normally do. Um, but I will. I, I think defensively, you have to stack the box. There's no question about it. I mean, def- the defensive goal is to make Terry Wilson throw the football. Because, um, I mean, six touchdown passes, six interceptions this season. Right. He, he hasn't – he just – he hasn't been that great. I think Georgia was his best game. He threw for over 200 yards, I think, against Georgia. But mm-hmm. it, it, it's it, a lot of that was when Georgia was playing back because they, you know, they were up. So they were up by a bunch there late in the game. I think, I think one good thing for Tennessee is that Benny Snell is more of a ground and pound running back. And I think if you're able to stack the box with those physical linebackers like Darren Kirkland and Daniel Batuli, then that those guys are not. That's why most teams like. South Carolina was able to have success running against them because they could run to the outside and get past them very easily. But Kentucky's going to try and run the ball up the middle a bunch, and I think that's kind of where Kirkland and Batuli play their best. And if you make Terry Wilson throw the ball, I I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you have confidence in Alante Taylor and Bryce Thompson that they're going to be able to make plays because, I mean, they, they've shown that all year. You know, Alante hadn't had the ball thrown his way a lot this season because he's been such a lockdown defensive back, and Bryce is has three interceptions, has played really well. So I think if you're Tennessee, you have to make Terry Wilson throw the ball. And I know that's not like a – I mean, everyone knows that. But, I mean, it, it has to happen if Tennessee wants to have a chance because Josh Allen is going to wreak havoc in that offensive backfield of Tennessee's. I, I jokingly uh, today set the over-under on his sacks at five and said I would take the over – of him, of him alone, and it's not—it's not, it's not going to be that crazy. But he's a freak. Marcus Tatum or Drew Richmond, whoever's going to be blocking him, is not going to be able to contain him. And so, if you're Tennessee's defense, you really have to step up because this—if ha- Tennessee wants to win, it has to be a low-scoring game. I don't think Jarrett's gotten much sleep this week thinking about Josh Allen coming around that edge. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's going to remind me of Eric Stryker in the Oklahoma game back at <laughs> back in Norman. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot to handle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess are we all? I guess I, I guess me and you are definitely riding. I, I think Kentucky I, probably squeaks that one out. I think I'll take Kentucky. Yeah. 
So you're not gonna make a pick, and you just you no. I said pick. I wouldn't go as deep yeah, as I yeah, go. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, I just wanted to humble brag that I was covering the game. You know, oh, that yeah. Was yeah I, was, I heard you slip that in there. That, that's pretty good. That's good journalism. That's Big J journalism, right there. <laughs> I try, you know. Yeah. Big football guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's head. Let's head down to the swamp. We'll touch on this. Uh, the, the return of Will Muschamp down to the swamp. We're going to play Florida. Uh, yeah, you uh, know we, we we touched on it a little, but I mean, huge game for both teams. I think South Carolina clinches a bowl with a win. Um, you know Muschamp wants to win that game so bad because I mean you know that he feels like Florida did him wrong those years ago. Um, he probably still feels that way, and he's had their number here recently. So um, that'll be an interesting game. I think it'll come down to. Jake Bentley, because that Florida defense still is a good defense, but you saw what Drew Locke did to him last week, so if Jake Bentley can at least do like half of that, then I think they have a chance to beat Florida. I, I think I might go with the upset here inside of South Carolina. Ooh, there we go. Somebody get the horn out. We got an upset. There we go. Yeah. Money line them. I'll let you take it. You know, the, yeah, go yeah, ahead. No, there's, there's a couple things in this game that are interesting, but I'm only going to highlight on one of them. And it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, and it's can Dan Mullen get his guys ready to play a huge game? Just because someone's not ranked in the top ten, if you're not a top ten team, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, Florida's playing for a lot here. You're playing for postseason berth. You're playing for pride. And and that is what, in the past with Jim McElwain, you saw his teams really not give a damn. Mm -hmm. And... He's got to change that. That's a culture change. This is a big culture game above anything else for Florida. I do like Florida. Uh, when we get to our picks later, um, I do end up taking Florida. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. I, I like Florida minus six. I think that they're going to take care of business. Um, and that's not any disrespect towards South Carolina. We're thinking Florida is that much better. But I do like the quarterback whisper at home. Uh, sometimes I think Will Muschamp can get a little bit too full of himself and really get over his heels on the road. He got lucky in Knoxville once, uh, where he had the famous soundbite. I'm so glad to see all these people leaving disappointed. Um, right. So, you know, can, can he really settle it down for the South Carolina team that, that needs this win probably more than Florida does because everybody thought South Carolina was going to be good this year. Can he get them motivated enough is the question. Uh, and can Dan Mullen, really start to change the culture down there in Gainesville to what it was back in the early to mid 2000s. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a different approach to this real quick. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I agree with you. South Carolina needs this game because everyone coming into the year, I think, probably had South Carolina finishing second in the East. I know I did. Um, everyone, this was supposed to be Jake Bentley's year. This was supposed to be, you know, they had Debo Samuel and Rico Dowdle and Brian Edwards. They had a good defense coming back. And they've been pretty disappointing. To be just to be frank, they've been they've been a disappointing football team this year. Do you start to hear rumblings of fire Muschamp if they start to falter down the stretch here? What, what do you guys think? How long does South Carolina give them? Is the question. I mean, for some reason, and you guys know this as well, South Carolina fans think that they're a, the class of the East team. Um, <laughs> yeah. when, I mean, when, when they had Spurrier and they went to those back-to-back SEC championship games, they got this big head thinking that they were, you know, a, a competitor. Um, that's just not the case. It never has been, and it won't be. 
So you've got a guy that's going to win you eight to nine games a year. Are you okay with that? Or do you want to keep swinging for the fences and trying to get a national championship back to Columbia? I don't see that happening. I think you stick with Will Muschamp. He knows the area. He knows the conference. But you're definitely going to start to hear rumblings for sure, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I think you hear rumblings. Um, you, like, because like Stackle said, I mean, that this is this was supposed to be their year. You know, Jake Bentley is a junior this year. He was supposed to have a coming out party, and, you know, we just, we just really haven't seen that. I mean, their defense has struggled at times. They just haven't looked that impressive. So I think for sure, I think you hear rumblings if they lose. Yeah. I couldn't, I, to be honest, well, I went up to the game in Columbia, my first time going. And talking to some of the South Carolina fans, they just I, I, I guess I maybe maybe I'm overhyping Jake Bentley, but they a large majority of their fan base cannot stand Jake they, Bentley. They hate him. Hate yeah. Jake Bentley. Yeah. Hate him. And I think I personally think that that fan base has like they as you said, they have the big heads. I could very well see them moving on from Will Muschamp, if not this year, at, by the if they have a similar year next year. I I think that would be the year you'd look at for uh the Muschamp, uh, the Muschamp train getting kicked out of Columbia, but I think I agree with you, Andrew. I think it'd be a really poor decision on their part. They got to realize what they are. They're just at the end of the day, they're slightly better than Kentucky. Is that I mean right? That's that's exactly right. That's that's where they are. That's where they've been historically. They were, you know, I mean, not to throw shade at Mizzou, Stackle, but you know when and Missouri none. went to those back-to-back SEC championships. They thought that they were going to come into the SEC and kind of run. Oh yeah, right. And and that just that's not the case. It it is to be a top tier team in this league, you have to have so many things going for you. One of which is super big name donors, and I'm not talking like Darius Rucker money donors. I'm talking like <laughs> real money donors. Right. You're talking about Haslam. Do- they just don't have that there. Right. No, I, I hear you. Hey, absolutely no offense taken on Missouri. I just I like to yank I like to yank some of my boys' chains back home on that because they, they I agree with you. They when they when they first got into this conference, they really did think they won those two East titles and they really thought they were gonna kinda run away with this thing and it just it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen in this conference. I'll tell you I'll I'll let them know that. <laughs> no, sir, uh, what other games we got going on? Do we game? even touch Alabama, Mississippi State? Is it how bad is Alabama going to win? I mean, I think that's what it's come to at this point. Alabama um, covers. Uh, yeah, I think they cover. Twenty? What is it? Twenty four. Uh, Twenty four. I think they cover pretty easily. You got uh, anything there, Andrew? Nope. Throw more coal into the engine and let the let the locomotive run out of control. That's what they are. They're just a covering machine. Let's play America's favorite game real quick. Does Tua throw a fourth quarter pass? That's what I was about to say. It's Jalen Hurts' return. I'll take no. <laughs> I say no to both of those. Okay. Yeah, so you, so you say they put in uh, Mac, Mac J- Jones, I think is his name? Yeah. And does, does he throw a touchdown? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you know Saban's <laughs> going to still throw the football, too. Yeah. Little player prop bet there. Uh, what else we got going on? Oh, the uh, game day game. I don't know how much you guys have watched this Boston, Boston College. Boston College, A.J. Dillon. Boston College is a good football team. As crazy as that kind of is to say, Boston College is a really good football team. I think for team. Boston College standards, they're a good football team. I mean, I think they're a, they're a fine team. Um, they're, top, they're a top 20 team, but which is great for Boston College. I mean, when was the last time, I guess, when Matt Ryan was there? Is that the last time that Boston College was this good? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But A.J. Dillon, their running back, is an absolute monster. Um, the running back battles there in, the, in this game will be very interesting to me just to see um, – but I mean, I think Clemson wins. What I think 
the spread is pretty high. I think Boston College might cover. I think it's 20, maybe. And I think I have Boston College covering there. Um, but it, it, I, I'm interested to see how the running how both teams' running backs play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, they're a two-loss team. Uh, you know, they lost to Purdue pretty handily. And they lost uh, to NC State by five on the road. We kind of found out how good NC State was when they played Clemson. I'll take Clemson here as well. Uh, but just for the school of Boston College, this is one of those games where you go to Boston College, right? You don't go for their football team. But on the off years like this, one in a blue moon, one in every two or three generations of students at Boston College, you get a home game like this, you got to cherish it. You got to love it. Um, it's going to be rowdy, you know, good for them getting college game day, but it's it's Clemson, and it's I don't think it's going to be close. I'll take them in a big win. Yeah, I'll, and to be honest, as much as I just got into this intro hyping up Boston College, because <laughs> I had I had I've, I've watched a good amount of their games, and they have been fun to watch. I like their quarterback, that uh, Anthony Brown, I believe his name is. He's been yeah. he's, he's been a joy to watch. I mean, they, they are a fun team to watch because the past few years they've been like an eight win program. They've been defense, 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 and they just run the ball, and they've been boring. This this Boston College team is a little bit more fun to watch. That they they like to play off. They they have fun playing offense. They're not just boring old power eye and just turn on hand and off like they do. But I agree with I agree with you guys. I think Clemson right now is on a mission to prove a lot of people that they deserve to be at the table with Alabama. Do they? No. But I think they're playing with that chip on their shoulder right now. That's that's telling people we want to be talked about like Alabama's being talked about. And this is a game for Clemson. A night game is a good test for him. It's a good test for Trevor Lawrence. If they can go out and 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 kind of just get go out go to Boston College and just kind of take it to them out of the gates, I think people are going to start giving a little bit. Yeah. Start you're going to hear some more of the rumblings. Oh, Clemson, Clemson could beat Alabama. You know they, like, yeah, that could happen. That's it'll what people, start talking. It'll start yeah, talking. People about will be it. foolish and start believing it. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. So I got Clemson. I got Clemson pretty big this weekend too. I just think Clemson right now is a well-oiled machine, and they're looking good right now. I'll yeah. take Clemson big. Uh, also, guys, don't you just love real quick? Don't you just love how and this is this shows my SEC bias, but in the SEC, a game like this wouldn't really get you going. This is like the best game of the year so far in the ACC, which is, is you know, there's something to be said there. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, you're definitely right there. I mean, I can't think of another game in the ACC that was better because, I mean, Florida State's bad this year, so the Clemson-Florida State game was bad. Well, the hype, I mean, the hype was there. NC State, maybe? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was the hype. The hype was there for that and, game. But and NC Clemson, and, and that game was similar to me, like Alabama-LSU, because it was uh, NC State scored like six points, I think. I mean, it was it was defense. Clemson's defense just overpowering. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you there for sure. Uh, we got a game in Athens, Georgia, that between two ranked teams now too, Auburn, Georgia. I, I think talking about this game is kind of like talking about Alabama and Mississippi State, to be honest with you. I agree. I think Georgia absolutely just kills. Because even though they got their revenge in the SEC championship game last year, I still think they're a little mad about what happened in the regular season um, last season. So I think that Georgia comes out there at home and just punches Auburn in the mouth and – Beat, I, I think the spread's 14 there, and I think they beat them pretty bad. I think they cover. Georgia does. The only thing that's interesting in this game, to me, I think Georgia will win, but if it's going to be close, it's because Georgia has clinched. Um, I can't imagine playing a game like this against a rival 
knowing that you can lose and still go to your conference <laughs> championship. Now with the college football playoff, that's a totally different uh, discussion uh, because they must win mm-hmm. and they will win. Uh, but how funny is it how, how quickly things change on the planes? Um, lose to Tennessee, fire um, Gus Malzahn. Uh, beat Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Oh, we love Gus Malzahn. Let's <laughs> let's make sure that we lock him up for another six more years after this six-year massive deal we just gave him. It's just so funny, these Auburn fans, and where their minds are. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people calling for Gus's head after they get swamped this week. I think they're just so desperate to get to Alabama standards, which, I mean, they're not going to. that They'll, they'll do anything right now, so. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree there. Uh, I mean, they got – they got a game against Georgia, and they still got to go play Alabama. I mean, I, I, that's another interesting question talking about hot seats. I mean, gut, the, the AD came out this week and said they're not firing Gus Malzahn. I, that, that deal's looking really, really ugly. It's looking Malcolm Butler deal I don't, ugly. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think money's an issue, so I think if they want to buy him out, they could. I don't think money's an issue at Auburn, but – I they ain't, they ain't paying they, they million. did they did the exact they did the exact same thing that they pro, they said they weren't going to do when with Chiswick where they believed Chiswick after Chiswick won a national championship in his first it was his first season I believe and then Malzahn makes it to one and you know everyone starts believing that oh man we're back we're going to do it again and then uh, Auburn hasn't fallen as much as they did with Chiswick where they won like four games his last season when he got fired. But it's kind of similar in a sense where they believed way too early just based off of one season with a coach with with not even his own players. When are people going to look at the facts of this conference since the year 2000 and realize when you've got a good thing going like Auburn does, you played in the Peach Bowl last year. You got beat, but you shouldn't have. Uh, because you thought you were just better than UCF. The Peach Bowl is a is a if you're in the New Year Six, you're a good football team. Right. When are you gonna realize that down years happen in college football unless you're Alabama, and that's the only case it doesn't. Um, yeah. Down years happen, and when you get fed up with eight nine wins, I can promise you, and we can all attest to this: four wins is so much worse than nine. And you better be careful of running these coaches out of these jobs because what Gus Malzahn's done at Auburn is just nothing but excellent. He's beaten Alabama twice. Yeah, that's the only only coach in the conference in the country to do that. So I, I don't get their their hatred of him, but you know what? I, it's it's hard. It's it's easy to look from a from a you know couple hundred miles away than to be right there in Albee Town. That, winning eight to nine games is what got Phil Fulmer fired at Tennessee, and we saw how that Correct. worked out. So, you know, maybe they don't want to follow the same path as Tennessee has the past few years. So, Andrew, what I'm hearing is you were very happy with Butch Jones and that we should have just wiped away last season. Is that is – that, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I, I've got a notepad here. Um, if you give me like 20 minutes, I think I could fill up 155 pages of things I'd like to say to Butch Jones. But uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I know you have a lot. I know you would like to have a lot to say about that, man. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, any other ga- any other games popping off to you, Andrew? That you want to touch on? No, there's there's really not many. Um, I just before we move on from college football and go to the NFL or or other topics, I I would love to get y'all's opinion on this because the chairman of the college football playoff committee is Oregon's athletic director, and this is going to be what the third straight year is it second or third outside i can't remember when washington played maybe second second straight year the pac-12 is going to be left out most likely 
unless Washington State can do something crazy. I mean, actually, no, no, it's it's it looks like they're gonna be left out. Yeah. Yeah. What can the Pac-12 do to to, to get? I mean, is is it their coaches? Is it their players? Is it that they play on the West Coast and they get the West Coast treatment? I just, why why is the Pac-12 so so bad? Is is my question. <laughs> here, here's the the way I, it kind of feels to me is the Pac-12 goes as USC goes. Yeah. Um, Ooh, and, interesting. And when that name brand like USC is down like it is right now, by the way, Clay Helton's on his way out the door, and so is T. Martin. But it, it, to me, it kind of has to feel right now as like the ACC does with Clemson. Like like the ACC is going to go as Clemson goes. Like that's, like that's kind of what they're going to hang their hat on. And to me, the Pac-12, like when they had Sam Darnold and went to that Rose Bowl, it kind of felt like the Pac-12. I mean, and granted, yeah. Washington made the playoff that year. Don't, yeah, don't that wrong. was the same year. Yeah, but don't so. get me wrong. But when you have that name brand like USC, like you need your name brand to be going. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, you need yep. the big school in your conference to be going. And and I think that causes other teams to be better. So, say, you could say that's why Washington might have made the playoff because then all these other players want to. If USC's getting these players and is good, then all these other players, instead of looking at it as oh, there's no good te- good teams over here, who would we play against? They're looking oh, USC's really good. If we go to Washington, if we go to Washington State. If we go to UCLA, we get to play these guys who could be the who could be in the NFL, and so more prominent players are going to the West Coast now to those schools when USC is good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, very quick note: good for Jeff Tedford and the Fresno State Bulldogs. They're ranked this week. They're playing at Boise State. Uh, Jeff Tedford, eighteen and five uh, in his two seasons so far at Fresno State, he might be a name that's going to get thrown around for some big-name jobs, uh, you know, especially a West Coast job. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go go, go somewhere big in the, in the Pac-12. Yeah. No, I, 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 Fresno they were the last time they were really good was when they had Derek, uh, Derek Carr, right, if I'm not mistaken. It was the last time they were really good. Right. And, okay. and, and the only thing about Jeff Tedford that, that's interesting is his age. I mean, he's 57. But he's a winner, so just just throwing it out there. You can still get some good years out of out of a coach at fifty seven, though. I, I I personally, Nick, I think Nick Saban uh, can be reached for comment on that. No? Yeah, yeah, very good point. <laughs> I got I got one more college football point I want to make because I saw it covering this week. Les Miles to Kansas thoughts. <laughs> I don't think he'll do it. I, th- I think he's comfortable. I think he's comfortable where what state he's at right now. I don't think he'll do it. I disagree. I think I think the only reason that his name's even being thrown around with the Kansas job is because Les Miles wants to prove somebody wrong. I think Les Miles is kind of out for the, like this vengeance, like he wants to prove LSU wrong, which is why I think he's very serious about taking the Kansas job. And I think for Kansas, I mean, oh my you word! Take, oh, of course you take oh, it. Oh my yeah, word! You yeah, throw any type of money at him. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that, Andrew? You got anything there? I just, I'd love to know how much Dr. Pepper's paying him to be in these Fanville commercials, and then, then I'll make my decision on whether he'll go to a, No, no, in all seriousness, I just don't even know if Campbell's – or Campbell. Kansas is a, is, is, is a winnable coaching job. I, I really don't know if they're ever going to be able to get to a point where they're competing again. I mean, in our lifetime, Kansas was playing in the Orange Bowl. Yep. They were good for a while. Um, then and, they got and the wheels just totally come off the wagon. <laughs> Yeah, that that's when they had that uh Todd Reesing uh Todd Reesing Kansas team that yeah. went to the Orange Bowl. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um we'll see. We'll see. It's an interesting thing to follow there. 
Happen to me. I, I, I would love to. I would love to cheer for him. I'd love to be a rock shot guy if Les Miles went there because I really don't care. I don't have a, a team really in the Big Twelve. I like TCU, but if he went to Kansas, you can bet your bottom dollar every single week I'd have the Jayhawks on TV. <laughs> I would. I would definitely like like to harass my uh, Missouri friends if Kansas football got Les Miles and got good again. That'd be kind of fun. But uh, let's hop in the NFL. Uh, interesting. Uh, where, where do you guys want to start here? Hey, the Titans. Uh, <laughs> Here we showed, go. Here we go. I, although I will say that he texted me before the game and said that he thought Mar- Mariota was going to have his breakout game of the season and that the Titans were going to win. Stappy, you were right, but I know it pains you to say that you were right. But the, the Titans look good. I, I think honestly, just kind of, kind of the way, and I know the Cowboys are bad, but even I think that might be their the best game they played all year, even better than the Eagles game. Yeah, Andrew, you were there. Let's uh let's hear it from the uh from the in person view. What'd you what you think I, of that game? I, I did, you know, I went and uh it's just as a Titans fan, it's not every every week you're on national TV and it's definitely not every week you get to play in Jerry World. So I thought I'd give it a chance and glad I went. I I'll say this about the Titans win and it was a total team win. Mm-hmm. There were there were big moments in that game where uh, let's just do one in particular where Ryan Suckup dings it off the upright in the fourth quarter to go up by 10 and Dallas gets the ball and a little bit of momentum. And what does the defense come in and do? They get a three and out and get the football back. It, that's just so much different than the Titans team that we saw uh, the past three weeks during that losing streak. And, and Robbie said it. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are not a good team this year. They're not. It's time to move on from Jason Garrett. Yeah. It, it, it might be time to move on from Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but Marcus Mariota, 21 of 29, 242 touchdowns, uh, running the football. He had 32 yards and a touchdown. Deion Lewis, 62 yards. Uh, you know, there were just a, and a touchdown. Uh, it was a total team effort, I thought. The one thing that, that makes me a little bit nervous about the Titans uh, is is Luke Stocker, but he, he played okay. Uh, it, it, it's always a problem when your season looks like it's going down the tubes because you lose your 35-year-old tight end, <laughs> right? You know, like you, you should have serious questions about your football team if that's the case. The good thing for the Titans is the Jags are not good and the Colts are not good. The Texans look like they're starting to roll a little bit. But that being said, I didn't think the Titans were going to win the division anyway. I thought they could get in a wild card like they did last year. And I, after this weekend, I still believe that. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think that – I don't think the defense has ever been an issue. I think the defense has been great week in and week out. Um, but, I, but, yeah, I mean, I think if Mariota – and the question is, is Mariota going to back up the performance that he had Monday night? His yep. issue has always been he's been inconsistent. So can he finally – get over that hump and be a consistent NFL quarterback? That's my big question. I'll touch on this real quick. You said it was a complete team effort. It was a complete team effort by everyone but Malcolm Butler. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, he's awful. He is absolutely – I mean, you you know, you would think that Vrabel would know, hey, if Belichick's getting rid of this guy, maybe he's not that great. Maybe we shouldn't sign him to a $66 million contract. 33 of which is guaranteed, by the way. I mean, that's just – Eesh. Yeah, here, here. I don't know where you stand on this, so I'd like to get your opinion on this. Me and Rob discussed discussed this very, very aggressively. Sometimes, <laughs> somebody said we've argued over it. <laughs> yeah, some people, some people would say that. Um, I take the side. Okay, well, here's my take. I think the Tennessee Titans, with a 
with a different with a with a better quarterback. I don't know how do I want to phrase this. Yeah, you said Joe Flacco. I would take Joe. I, yes. I I firmly believe I would take Joe Flacco over Marcus Mariota due to consistency. I think I think here's what I'm gonna, I think I think Marcus Mariota is not the answer for the fran, is the franchise quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. That's my take. I don't think he's the answer. He's been way too inconsistent for me. And granted, on Monday night he looked great. He looked fantastic. And for some reason, I had that gut feeling going into the game that he was going to play really well, which is why I took the Titans, as I texted you before. I, yep. just, I just don't think the answer is Marcus Mariota. What's your thought on that? Well, here's my thought, and I love – you know, it, there's so many – Marcus Mariota might be the most controversial quarterback in the NFL, really. Mm-hmm. Um, him or maybe like Jameis Winston. Yeah, there's a few. But, but with the, the deal with Marcus is – over his career in Tennessee, he started out. He's played under th- was it two? No, it's three head football three head coaches. coaches. Yeah, he's played under three head coaches, and that means three new offensive coordinators. Um, and and not only under coaching, I think that that goes a lot to his consistency. That's really hard on a starting quarterback. I mean, you're learning a new playbook every year. Tom Brady has learned the same playbook every single year. He knows those plays in and out, right? Tom, Tom Brady's um, a system quarterback, you know. He is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I mean, even even guys like um, I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to look here, like Matt Ryan or Joe Flacco. They've had consistency in coaching, and so it's easier for them to to play consistent, in my opinion. Now, there's still a lot of questions regarding Marcus. The the, the coaching can't help you not not throw for a touchdown. Uh, or run for one against Buffalo, right? You can't, you know, that that's inexcusable. But the thing that Marcus has that a lot of quarterbacks don't have and what I love most about him, when the lights are on, Marcus Mariota will show up. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a single big-time moment in his career that he has not been able to show up for. Uh, last year in Kansas City in the playoffs, what did he do? Absolutely did everything he could uh, to win the Titans football game. He threw a pass Monday to himself. Night, that's how good he was. I'm just kidding. No, I hear. No, I hear you. That, I, that's, I think that's a fair point. I think that's a really fair point to make on Marcus Mariota. And, we'll and another thing about Marcus, and really quarterbacks in the NFL in general, and and I love to hear your guys' take on this. As as in football, everything goes back on your head coach and on your quarterback. There's so few good quarterbacks in this league. When you have a guy that's going to get you to the playoffs. I think you've got to roll with him, especially when he's 25, 26 years old and playing for a team that's up and coming. That's my view on Marcus, but I, I have a good view uh, as a Titans fan. You know, I'm a little biased here, so. Okay. I, 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 you, you said good quarterbacks. I think there's very few great quarterbacks because I think there's I think there's a pretty decent shelf level of, like, good. Like, when I, when I think of good, I think of, like, of Matt Ryan is what I'm, I kind of think I'm kind of touching at there. I think of, like, a Matt Ryan or, like, a – Russell Wilson. That's kind of where I'm looking at, like there. Okay. I hear, you, I hear you. I hear you. Um. So basically, what you you believe they should ex- give him the player option this off season? Yes, I think that they'd be stupid not to, unless you were in a position to where you were tanking next year and you get to a target by low. That's the only reason that I would <laughs> yes. say get rid of him. But they're not going to do that. Right. It's uh. It, it, it's it. I'm I'm fine with Marcus. I see enough out of him in big time games to believe that he can really get it done with some consistent coaching. They're not making a change at quarterback – or, sorry, a head coach in the next couple of years. Uh, and and, and I, you look at the Titans, they're 4-4. Four four, they lost three in a row. But they're 4-4. Four four. There's a lot of NFL teams hovering at 4-4. Four and four. 
And I think that they're in fine shape, and he's going to be just fine. Okay. All right. Good. You let's move in. You had this. You had the idea of this doing this earlier. So let's hop into this. Let's do it. Let's do the NFL slash college football playoff. Uh, for playoff, pr- the, playoff the college football playoff format, but for the NFL playoffs. So top four teams. Stafford, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. I'll hop on this first, and mine might be a little controversial, and I'm I'm okay with being that kind of guy. You gotta you gotta get your seeds too. I want to hear the seeds. So the my one seed as it sits right now is the New Orleans Saints. I think the New Orleans Saints got are getting they're still getting better. I think defensively they're going to be fine, and I think signing Des Bryant. I don't care how old Des Bryant is. I don't care that he's he, he he's lost it, his step. It can't hurt you. I mean, it, it, there's no way it can hurt you. Locker room. Well, no, but I, but with that, but with the chemistry they already have in that locker room and they've had for years, I don't think even Des coming in there can ruin that. I, I hope not. I agree. I hope I hope Drew Brees wins his. I hope I really hope Drew Brees wins his first MVP this year. By the way, I'm 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 really hoping for Drew Brees to win the MVP. So I'm going with the Saints as my. If I was doing the playoffs, I'm doing my Saints as my one, and I have will have my two. Ugh. I'll have my two as the Kansas City Chiefs, and here's why. They get – I guess this is like kind of looking future, so I guess this, this probably isn't a good justification for them at two. They will get Justin Houston back, and they will get the VFL, Eric Berry, back very which soon. huge. I mean, that is huge. They also get uh, Sorensen. They, the, they get two safeties coming back, yeah. which their safeties have been abysmal. So they get, they, get the leader of their, they get the two leaders of their defense back, and they get another starting safety back. That team is I don't the it, because the history of Andy Reid has been he gets he gets in these moments he like, he gets he starts hot he the, starts hot and then the playoffs the, he the, just self destructs so it comes yeah. off the gas and he struggles he just he just loses everything this feels different and I, I'm being I'm skeptical in saying this but it, this Chiefs team feels really different so I got the Chiefs at two I got Tom Brady and the Patriots at three I think that that one's pretty self explanatory in my opinion. Uh, you're going to do it, aren't you? You're, I'm going to do it. You're going to do your, your four seed. Your four seed is the L.A. Chargers. Whoa. The L.A. Chargers are the four seed. The Whoa. LA Char- the L.A. Chargers. I got the Rams Where, five. Where's hear the me- upset horn right now? We need it now. <laughs> and hear me out with the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is where I knew I was going to catch some flack for this. But Phillip Rivers is playing as good a football as he's played in his entire career. They have weapons. And they have a lot of them. Melvin Gordon, Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Hunter Henry's going to be back in December is the talk right now. This Chargers team's getting Joey Bosa back on defense. They have Casey Hayward outside at the corner. They have the probably the defensive, defensive rookie of the year in Derwin James. I really, really like the makeup. To me, the, here's what put them over the top. To me, they have less questions defensively than the L.A. Rams because the Rams got to figure out what to do at linebacker. Their linebackers are pretty abysmal. I love Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald is the best player and the best defensive player in football. But to me, the Chargers have less question marks than the Rams on defense. Hmm. Andrew, I'll let you take away there. What are your what are your uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll jump in here and and I want to clarify mine by stating that I am judging this solely off of eight weeks into the season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're nine weeks, whatever we are, we're nine weeks in. So okay. nine weeks in the season, not what I think the teams are going to be at the very end because that's too hard to judge in the NFL. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, Stackle, me and you are on the same page, right? I think the Saints are one. 
I think that they're overall the best team in football. And it's not even that their defense is great, but it's serviceable. I like yep. the addition of Eli Apple, mm-hmm. and I really, really, really like um, the way that Drew Brees is playing. And, and I, I'm going on a different note than kind of what we were talking about. I love the addition of Des Bryant. I wish the Titans would have got him. I, you know, but I think that he brings something to you offensively. You're now forced to guard them even more on the perimeter than with Michael Thomas, right? And then you have Alvin Kamara and Mel, or and Mark Ingram in the back in the backfield. So I'm going to go Saints one. I'm going to go L.A. Rams two. And I know that they just lost to the Saints, and it was their first loss of the season. The way that this offense can score is is out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is really out of control. They are – I mean, Sean McVay might be it, – it's clear now watching the Titans offense that Sean McVay was the one calling the plays in Los Angeles and <laughs> uh, has yeah. been for a while. Um, so I'm going to keep that one short and sweet there uh, with the Rams at two. Um, I'm going to go Kansas City at three. I wanted to put them at four, but I'm going to go with three because I think that the Kansas City Chiefs bring something to the table uh, that a lot of teams don't, and that is that they're 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 really banged up right now on defense. And like you were saying, Stackle, when this team gets healthy again, and if they can just stop teams a little bit, you watch them in New England, and in Sunday night in New England, what was this offense able to do? It was consistently move the football late in the game. And when you're down by 14 with five minutes left and you can score in 13 seconds by throwing it deep to Tyreek Hill because he's just faster than everybody, <laughs> you're, you, you've got you've to arm up on everybody. A leg up. So I'll, I'll go Chiefs three. And then this, this is going to be very controversial, I think, and I'd love to get your opinion on it. Right, My fourth team, and I'm so glad we're recording this before tonight. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. That was my four team right there. That's who I had, too. <laughs> I love this Panthers team. They play with it heart. They play with enthusiasm. And, and the best part about it is I was looking. Their total offense and their total defense, neither is ranked in the top 10, and neither is ranked in the top 15. And that, that's crazy. That's crazy that neither of their units are ranked in the top 15, and they're 6-2. and two. And they're on an absolute roll. If they go into Pittsburgh tonight, they're only a game behind New Orleans. A game yeah. in the NFL is nothing. Nothing. Um, I agree. Especially with with six to seven weeks left in the season. I love the trajectory of this Panthers team. I'm a big Cam Newton believer. I, I'm not a huge fan, but I believe that he's mm. really good. I do too. And Luke, Luke Keekley's got this Panthers defense playing very good. I. Here, here, here's, here's what I'm going to touch on your number two. I'm going to touch on the Rams real quick. And this is probably where I sold them short. They showed something in the third quarter, in the early fourth quarter of that football game, that a lot of young teams wouldn't do, and is they fought back. They didn't roll over and quit, and that team, that team fought. So I, think, I, I hear you there. I hear you there, and I hear you on Carolina. I think Carolina's really good. Cam Newton's numbers are better right now than they were during his MVP campaign. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They are a really good football team. A lot of weapons. They have weapons all over the place yeah. now. It's kind of weird to say that because he, he Cam really hasn't had a whole lot of weapons since he's been there. You uh, right. You, you ruined my surprise now. So my four seed for the Panthers <laughs> is just out the Sorry, door. Rob. Yeah. No, but I will I will go with a little bit of a surprise with my number one and a team that Andrew you didn't even have in. I'm going the New England Patriots number one. 
Okay. Um, I just think the way and – and I'm basing it off of nine weeks into the season and momentum right now. And, I mean, they're – I, I don't. I don't think anyone can stop them right now. I unfortunately don't think the Titans are going to be able to stop them on Sunday. Um, but I think the Patriots, and I hate that because I hate the Patriots. But I think they're my number one team. I just think they're so good right now, and they don't even have you know when Sony Michelle comes back. I mean James White's doing an adequate job right now, obviously. But when Sony Michelle comes back, their offense is just going to get even better, and their defense is playing well right now. I just think they're. Really good right now. My number two is the Saints. I love I love Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is playing great right now. I think the Saints are the Saints. Uh, the Saints secondary is really really good, and I think that is a big difference for them. So I'm going Saints number two. I will go Chiefs number three. Okay. I think I I I like the Rams. I still think the Rams are really good. I just. I don't know something about I we and we've talked about this multiple times on our podcast. They just really haven't played anybody that great, and you know, they finally did, and they lose. And I know it was on. I know it was in a very hostile environment in New Orleans, but something about the Rams, and I couldn't even pinpoint what it is, but something rubs me the wrong way about them, and I just don't. Thank you. Good. I just good. <laughs> I just don't know how. <laughs> I, I just don't know if they're like if they're one of the top four teams right now. So I'll go Chiefs three. I really like the Chiefs, and you know, y'all both touched on the injuries. Once they get healthy, they're going to be even more dangerous. I mean, Mahomes is unreal. I've never seen a quarterback make some of the throws that he makes. With Where he's, he threw the one left-handed. That was the one that just blew my mind. I agree. That's when I that's when I told my roommate who's a Chiefs fan. I'm like, all right, I'm done hating on him. He's yeah. good. Let's let's move yeah, on. That's, yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I did too. And then number four, I'll go with the Panthers. I love the Panthers. I love. I I'm a really big fan of Cam. I know a lot of people are not, but just Cam in general. And you know, like, like you said, they have so many weapons now. Is is Christian McCaffrey the best? PPR for fantasy wise, PPR uh, player in the league. Second, I mean, James White. James White, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a beast. They really haven't even used CJ Anderson that much this year. He ain't there anymore. That's why. Is he not? No. CJ Anderson's wow, gone. Wow, you. that just shows, shows how how bad I am right there. But uh, no, I think the defense. It happens. Yeah, it happens to the best of us, you know. But I think Luke Keekley leading that defense is pretty dirty. Julius Peppers in his old age is still dominating. So I go, I go Panthers four. Okay, I think those are interesting lists. Some interesting lists. There. I'm kind of shocked that only one list had the Rams. I thought I might have been the only one there, and I'm kind of shocked to hear that I'm not the only one there. Uh, it, it, I, I, when I wrote it down, that's I'm like I literally just started thinking about what I've watched in the NFL, right? And so I just I, I didn't try and think about anything. I just wrote the teams down that I thought were the best. And I looked at it, and I'm like, wow, I don't have the New England Patriots on there. Now they're definitely five on my book. Teams are pretty signed. But I gotta say, I, I really, I, I just this Patriots team feels just a little bit different. Yeah, just I, a little bit. I I, I understood. I understood where you were coming at. Definitely, I just think right now they're just really good. I also like to point out that Alex Stackel was wrong. C.J. Anderson still plays for the Panthers, so you know he I think <laughs> he needs to be put in his place. This is his first year there. I think you're thinking of someone else because this I is gotta his, be. This is his first I gotta season because he was in Denver. This is his first season. I, I'll Panthers. tell you exactly. I'm thinking of Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan that's Stewart. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Well, they're, they're what very I was similar of. running backs. Okay. They're okay. Big bodied, bruising running backs. But yeah. So. Well, as you so kindly put, it happens to the best of us. That's all right. Um, <laughs> that's right. It still happens. <laughs> uh, that's exactly. I was thinking of Jonathan Stewart because he yeah. went to New York. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Okay. 
Uh, let's hop into gambling picks. Finish it off here. We got, yeah. we got a, me and Rob usually do two, but we're going to do three this week. We're going to go really bold. Andrew, Andrew was being bold this week and had three <laughs> ready for us. Well, that's because uh, so, I'm just a degenerate, guys. I probably have like 13 written down on this sheet of paper here. I just chose my best three. <laughs> did you, hey, did you take advantage of the uh, the uh, bad weekend the books had in Vegas last week? this past weekend? I, re- I had a great week. Uh, and, you know, I really wish that Vegas didn't come out and say they had a bad week because it made me feel like I was really smart. Um, <laughs> but knowing that the lines – I'll tell you what. You look at some of these NFL lines this week, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These no. – these are, are really tough, but uh, no, let's do it. Let's get into it. We'll, we'll let you start. We'll let you kick it off. Okay, I'll, I'll get going. So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I, I love Florida this week. I think that Dan Mullen will be able to, to turn it around, really get things going down there in Gainesville this week, get the crowd into it, and get South Carolina out of it early and make Bentley play from behind. Uh, will Muschamp never likes being from behind and uh, in anything. So, that being said, I will take uh, Florida minus six. Also, if you've watched any bit of Texas Tech football this year, and even Texas for that matter, they love to light up the scoreboard. And I'm actually really stunned that this is sitting at 62. Uh, but I'm going to take the over in Texas, Texas Tech at 62. Uh, I- I'm really kind of perplexed that it's still there. I thought that was going to balloon way up. It is not. It's kind of hung around there. Uh, and then lastly, um, give me the Boilermakers. Give me Purdue uh, minus 11 and a half this week. I, I really like what Jeff Brom has up there at Purdue. Um, that win over Ohio State was not a fluke win. They have talent on that team. I think that that's part of the reason why he didn't leave for Tennessee was he knew that he was building something pretty substantial. He saw the talent on the field. And so give me Purdue uh, minus 11 and a half. Over the pretty awful Minnesota Golden Gophers. Row the boat, man. Row that yeah, boat. Row, row the boat into the uh, into the. Uh, what's that? Uh, that monster in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. She pops up and. Oh, I can't. I can't <laughs> think of the name. Calisto. Yeah, I, I, I. You were asking I the wrong guy here. Yeah, yeah, they're rowing their boat right into Calypso's sinkhole. Yeah, is where Minnesota's. <laughs> That, that's good. That, yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's good. I, I'll, I'll hop in here and do this. I, still, um, I think I'm still ahead. Based on our standings, mine and Stackles, I think I'm ahead of you. I don't think so. Are we Are we tied? I'm 500 right now. I don't. I think you're below. Oh, yeah, because I got two pushes. So. Yeah, there you yeah, go. So I, I'm, I'm one below. I'm past. Okay. Yeah, okay. Put, some, put some respect on my name. All right. Um, so, hey, well, hey, Rob, if you're going to let Stackle buy points, I mean, <laughs> you got you to you you maybe throw an asterisk next to this league. Hey, I, I, didn't take, I, I did not take Northwestern in, in our gambling picks. I took it for my personal use. But, uh, I, took, I took Northwestern in our Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start us off being the homer that I am, Vols plus six. I, I love I, – I, I think Kentucky doesn't score enough points to just come in here and just beat Tennessee by more than a touchdown. I think it's a close field goal game. Uh, that's being probably the naive Vols fan in me, but I would be taking the Vols plus six to start with. When will you learn? When will you learn? And this is this is a uh, this one's for a, a good friend of mine back home that goes to TCU. We've 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 gone on this little me and my friends have gone on this this little streak. We fade TCU every week. I'm gonna not I'm not I'm not stopping now because that TCU team is bad. They are very very mm-hmm. bad. Give me West Virginia minus eleven and a half. We talked about how good they were. Love that line. It's, that line's actually come down since it opened this week. 
Give me West Virginia minus 11 and a half. To close it out, give me the big rivalry in the state of Kansas. Kansas, Kansas State. Give me the Jayhawks plus 10 and a half. I think Andrew's, Andrew's Big 12 team, Kansas. I'll take the Jayhawks plus 10 and a half. <laughs> give me Rock Chalk, baby. Rock Chalk. Rock Chalk, Jayhawk all day Saturday. <laughs> give it to me. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll be the loser and go here. Um, <clears throat> my first one, I'll go choose Stackles. Favorite team, but I'm going to choose against them. I will choose Vanderbilt plus 17 on the road against Missouri. I think it's Vanderbilt. So much hate. I think Missouri's riding high right now, and they see Vanderbilt on their schedule, and they're like, "Oh, Vanderbilt at home. This is going to be a cakewalk." But, <clears throat> and I do think they win. But Vanderbilt coming off a bye, they beat. They went on the road and beat Arkansas, which isn't saying much, but still a road win in the SEC something. And <clears throat> I think that Vanderbilt. So I'm going Vanderbilt plus 17. Hey, Rob, Rob, anytime someone picks Vandy, I just want to hear, like, in any in any circle, on any radio show, on any TV show, anytime someone picks Vandy, all I want to hear is that clip of that Vandy linebacker last year. He's like, go, Vandy, it's come up here. We're going to show how the SEC plays big boys football. That's all I want to hear every time. Bama, we coming. Yes, Bama, we coming. No. That's great. I'll go to the ACC with my next one. I'll go with Duke at home, minus 10.5 against UNC. UNC is a very bad football team. They uh, got pushed around a little bit by Georgia Tech, who's also a very bad football team last week. And I, I saw Duke play Army first game of the season this year. And Duke, I mean, Duke's a solid – I mean, obviously, Cutcliffe's going to have them ready to go. They're always going to be a solid football team. But they've got – a really good quarterback, and I think Duke pounds it into their rival UNC, just like they're going to do in basketball. And I think Duke minus ten and a half. And then my final one, I hmm, what'd you have? I was thinking about switching it up. I'm going to go Georgia minus fourteen. I think at home against Auburn with. Auburn having so much un, a lot of uncertainty right now. You don't know which Auburn team is going to show up. Georgia coming off the SEC East champions now. I think Georgia goes in there and beats Auburn pretty bad. So I have Georgia minus fourteen there. Some solid picks. Let's hope, let's hope for the nine. I was gonna go, I was gonna go with Florida State plus fifteen and a half on the road on the road against Notre Dame because Ian Book is not playing for Notre Dame. But I think Georgia might be more of a lock in that one. But so there's a free pick for everyone out there. They're probably not to choose because I'm so bad at picking anyway. <laughs> you know, somebody, somebody told me once, and that somebody was my father, uh, and he said there's a reason that those casinos aren't built out of sand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're built out of marble and, and, and glass yeah. for reasons. So it, it's hard, man. What, what it, and the best thing about doing this podcast, I, I we can talk about this offline, but real quick, once you put your – opinions online for the world to hear people will dog you for them (laughs) and you can't run away from them i've gotten more text messages about bad takes i've had on my podcast i'm sure you guys feel the same way 
yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we, well, our texts are from each other, just making fun of each other. So for, for, like, Rob, for Rob, at least for Rob, like, I, I hold him accountable because, you know me, like, I, with my sport takes, they aren't wrong very often. You know, it's once in a blue moon. Notre Dame can't be reached for college. <laughs> Notre Dame can, yeah, Notre Dame, that's, that's one I won't, I won't like to bring up. C.T. Uh, Anderson, man, you know, good free agent running back, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I said Doug Peterson would go down as the all-time greatest NFL coach last year, so I don't know if, I don't know if I'm uh, on the right side of history. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to admit that one again. People might have forgotten yeah. about it at this point. You might, yeah, you might have been out in the blue there. I don't know what you were <laughs> <laughs> all right you uh we let's go ahead and want to do a little college basketball or go ahead and wrap this up what are you thinking there's a, is I've it got a few more minutes if y'all want to dive into it if, you, if you're running out of time yeah we'll, I'll, we'll I'll just, set it down here I'll, I'll give one let's give one big takeaway from the first you know games for each team Dick. Um, Duke. Duke is incredible, and I know it's one <laughs> yeah. game. It's one game you can't read into it you can't read to see if hey maybe Kentucky's not going to gel for the second straight year but Duke is incredible. <laughs> like is that, everyone was like, "Oh, all Zion can do is dunk," and then he goes out there and his first shot drains a three. And I mean, okay, here's my question for you, Andrew. I want to ask you this: Does that game tell you more about Duke or Kentucky? I hate judging Kentucky. First of all, I love looking at Kentucky lose. Like it, it <laughs> seeing that happen is like watching Alabama football lose to a Tennessee. Yes, yeah, they also have the same fans as well. They're also the same people. Just throwing that one exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. No, they do. They just they all live in Kingsport, Tennessee, <laughs> and they drive in between Tuscaloosa and Lexington. That's what they do. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But no, I, I think it tells you more about Duke. They're good. They're young. They're physical, and they're fast. Yep. Um, Kentucky always does this. I mean, they always start out slow uh, because they're a hodgepodge school. They just throw together players, and uh, granted, these hodgepodge players are five stars. But they just throw them together, and it takes them a while to get going. John Calipari is not the head coach that Coach K is. Um, he he might be as good of a recruiter. But he's not the same coach, and that's what we saw on Saturday. Or not Saturday, on Tuesday. So I think it tells you more about Duke. Kentucky's going to be okay. They're, they've got a lot of talent. Um, my, my big takeaway, I'll just jump in here real quick since I'm already talking and jabbering my whole, you know, my whole jaw off. You guys are probably like, shut up. Um, but <laughs> I, I really think that Michigan State is underrated at 10. They're good. Um, they've got shooters, and they play good defense. They, they hung around there with Kansas because I think Kansas is really good. I think they might be up there with the Duke uh, with Duke this year. So don't don't count out Michigan State just yet just because they got beat in game one. I think that they're going to win that Big Ten, and they're going to have a very strong showing. And once you get Coach Izzo in the tournament, there might not be a better NCAA tournament coach than Tom Izzo. No, any team that is coached by Tom Izzo is going to be a solid team. And once you get the, into the tournament, like you said, yeah, anything can happen with them. Uh, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think Kansas is really, really good up there with Duke standards. Azubuki is uh, animal down in the in the post. Dietrich Lawson. Um, yeah, I, I yep. think Kansas is really good. And Michigan, you know, Michigan could have crumbled there at one point. They were down by like 12, 13 points, but they fought back and made it a game at the end. So Michigan State. Michigan State, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would agree there. Michigan State looked pretty good, and they're going to surprise some people this year. I it kind of has the feeling for Michigan State that they do this every year. It's kind of they yeah. kind of always have that slow start. They have that rough start, and then Tom Izzo has a switch and it turns on, and they, that he gets that team tournament ready. 
It, it, yeah. it always feels like Tom Izzo's goal is just to have his team ready to, for the tournament. And that's kind of all yep. he looks. That's kind of all he looks at. Which no I, doubt. And that's where you get judged. That's where you should be judged in college yeah. basketball. Agreed. And I think I think so. I think the the top two. I think I think you're right. Kansas yeah. and Duke are together. That those two are the probably the two best teams in college basketball right now. Let's let's jump into a little bit of the Vols because we have a uh, we have a pretty fun team here in Knoxville that we get to watch this year. Yeah. Uh, um, what are your What are your thoughts, kind of going in into Rob? You want if you want to start? What are yeah. your kind of thoughts going into the basketball team as this year gets rolling? Well, and I wrote this in my story on Tuesday night. They looked like the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, just all these emphatic dunks and high-flying blocks. And, I mean, Eve Pond's coming out of nowhere, slapping the ball off the backboard and then driving down and laying it up on the other side of the court. I mean, they're, they're fun. And, but my, my one big thing for them, and I said this the other day, is they will go as far as Jordan Bone allows them to go. I couldn't agree more with that. They – I mean, last year the big issue was – James Daniel was fine. James Daniel ran point fine, but Jordan Bone was so inconsistent that it hurt. I mean, it hurt them. They could never really get into their offense, and then were at times and were able to and were forced to you know force up shots. That a lot of times because they had Admiral and Grant, they went in. But Jordan Bone and everyone said it through the offseason. He's the most improved player, and he doesn't have as much depth this year. I mean, Jordan Bowden is having to play a lot of backup point guard. I mean, even since Lamonte was hurt on Tuesday, Grant Williams was bringing the ball up the court. This team will go as far as Jordan Bowden, Jordan Bowden allows them to go. And Tuesday, if he plays the way he did Tuesday the rest of the season, then I think they could be a Final Four team because he was making jump shots, he was driving the lane, he was getting the ball inside, doing everything what Rick Barnes' point guard needs to do. Go ahead, Stackle. Yeah, no, I mean, I honestly couldn't agree more there. The the bit, the thing that worries me the most is if you have a serious injury to either Bone or Turner, this team is in serious trouble because mm-hmm. they are thin at guard as it sits right now. They are really thin at guard. I would have liked for them to have gone out and gotten like that James Daniel type player just to have the body. That's the only thing that scares me. But outside of that, I love the makeup of this. This team has the makeup of a team that and I'm gonna. I'm not saying they will. They have the makeup of a team that can win a national championship, and it's because they have a good blend of youth and experience. Yeah, and yeah. It, it feels like in March that matters a lot. Yeah, that's why. I mean, that's why I don't think Kentucky Kentucky's won one under Cal Perry because at the end of the day, those teams, like we said, have just kind of been thrown together. And you know, even Duke's kind of been like that a little. You know, they had the exception when they had Jaleel and Justice and, and Tyus, but they also had some veteran players like Quinn Cook. I think that I think I mean veteran players are huge in March, and I think Tennessee has that, and I think they can make a serious run because of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, when was the last time in college basketball the team with the most talent, not not the best, but the team with the most talent on it, won it all? Um, I, it, it, it doesn't happen that often because if it did, Kentucky would win it every year, right? I mean, right. these are all players that are playing in the NBA. The thing that's interesting about college basketball is once you get into March, if it, and, and like you said, Stackle, this year for Tennessee and Rob, both, both of those points I think were, were money. Health is the key issue. If they stay healthy, they're going to be competitive, right? And, and, and if Jordan Bone allows them to get into flows offensively and to make big baskets when he can and – 
What, what did he do last year that was not good? He kept pulling up for that jump shot instead of finishing at the rim. Yes. If he goes to the rim this year, he's going to get fouled. He's too fast not to get fouled. In college basketball, those guys play all their arms in the post. The thing that I took away from the first game, it wasn't anything about the score. It wasn't anything about the speed, which we looked super fast. It was the fact that every single player looked bigger. This yeah. offseason, they clearly were in there grinding. Everyone from John Fulkerson to Grant Williams to Jordan Bone to Yves Pons, they all look so much bigger now that you can think of them as one of those top-tier teams. The question for them from, from me is their schedule's hard. Yep. They got to go up and play in New York. They got to play Louisville. They're, they're probably going to get a chance to play Kansas. I think that they'll take care of Louisville. They, they play Gonzaga, right? I mean, you've got a loaded schedule, not to mention a couple games in conference, right? I mean, can you lean on your veterans? And at this point, your starting five are pretty much all veterans. That's a, that's a unit that's played together now for two full seasons. Can you lean on those guys to get you where you need to go and rely on your bench players and, you know, Jalen Johnson, Derek Walker, uh, uh, John Fulkerson, right? Can, and can you, and Lamonte Turner, that's about as good of a bench as you're going to find in college basketball um, in, in terms of unity and how they know how each other play because they yep. played together for so long. Yep. You know, most of your bench guys in college are, are freshmen that are four or five stars on the, on the good teams. This is a group that you've got juniors and seniors on, but that's just where they fit in. You know, Lamonte Turner reminds me a lot of Manu Ginobili. Could probably start, but why? Why start him? He's, yeah. so, he's an electrifier off the bench. So I love your points. Um, I, 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 all I ask from you two is this, and I know that you will, but make sure that every single student at that university goes and cheers that basketball team on because they are going to give you guys a team to watch this year. I think they can win upwards of 25 games. I think that all the students need to throw uh, grease when Bob Huggins in West Virginia comes in because uh, Huggy Bear is basically a grease ball. (laughs) I, I think you made a great point, but when Rick Barnes took this job and started this rebuilding process, he said... To become an elite program, you got to play the best schedule in college basketball, and he has done that. I mean, I mean, this schedule. I don't think there's any team in college basketball that wants Tennessee's schedule. To be honest, I mean, that, no. they go to not to mention they go to Memphis Tuesday. They play a Georgia, they play an ACC yeah. team right. They that, play Georgia Tech that on Tuesday. That Gonzaga game is in Phoenix. It's in Phoenix. Uh, I mean, in conference, you got LSU, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Vander, Auburn, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's gonna be much improved. There, there is nowhere for this team to hide. But there's nope. not, there is not a group I'd rather get to watch than this Tennessee team go to war with this schedule. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'll be in New York right, too. So I'm excited ahead, to go to New York. I'm excited to go watch the Vols play because they're gonna, they're gonna spank Chris Max to Cardinals, <laughs> and then they're gonna play Bill Self on L- Friday Louisville night. Louisville and Georgia Tech are both down this year, so there's no excuse for Tennessee losing those games. They should yep. not lose those games. I hear you. I hear you. I'm excited to be the, one of the few Vols fans up in Brooklyn screaming at, screaming at the Jayhawks fans after we, after we wipe the floor with them. I'm excited that's for gonna, that. That's going to be me in Phoenix. Uh, I, I booked my flight out there. I'm going to see him play in Phoenix. I'm just, uh, if we didn't have finals, that my, my mom offered me to, to get me a ticket, but I said I got got to put the academics good, here good for Good for you. Hey, that's a, that's a student right there. Give him a, <laughs> give him yeah, yeah, you know me. Yeah, this, the, just the stellar, the stellar student I am. 
But uh, but re- real quick before we end it, just just one thing that you said right there that that is just you know a light turned on in my brain. With a schedule like this, would you rather have a team full of young freshmen or veteran leaders that have that have unity? I think this it's is no a question. team that's built for a schedule like this yes. that can handle. They're going to have weeks. You know, th- those SEC turnarounds where you're in you're in Fayetteville on Thursday night and you've got Kentucky or Florida or Auburn coming in on Saturday. You know, those are hard. Yep. Those are really hard on a team. And those young teams are going to get exposed when those happen, right? If you lose a tough game on the road, because no one's expecting this team to go undefeated. They're going to lose some SEC games. It's basketball. It happens, right? Right. The question is, does that snowball into two or three losses? Because it came quickly in this league. Or can you sustain excellence? And excellence in college basketball is knowing who you are and taking care of teams that you should, protecting your home floor, and and not letting one loss turn into three. That's how teams do it every year. I think this team has the makeup of a one or two seed. Um, I also love the fact that Auburn's the last game of the season. That's very well well done by the the SEC uh, scheduling crew because that thing could be for the Southeastern Conference Championship. I just wish it was uh, in Knoxville instead of on the Plains. But yeah, that'll be a great game. Uh, I think you summed it up perfectly there. Honestly, I think that I think that nailed it right on the head. Uh, probably a good place to stop, Andrew. I had a blast. Rob probably Rob probably hated it because Rob's just kind of negative <laughs> like that. I had a blast, Andrew. I had a, this I was had a great. blast as well. It was a good idea. Great this, idea. Was, this was a great idea. Uh, definitely should do it again sometime here soon. Um, and hopefully you get to come back up for another game or a basketball game or two. Yeah, I'll be up in Knoxville for um, for a couple basketball games. I'm coming up for Mizzou next week. Oh yeah. Uh, so so you won't you won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you'll have to see me eventually. Um, but no, this this was fantastic. Really happy that this was able to get worked out. Uh, glad the audio was able to work and we were able to get this thing going because, uh, you know, running these podcasts, what people don't know is when you're just starting like we are, it's really hard to get a founding, right? It's yeah. really hard to get your foot in the door. Everyone's doing a podcast these days. And the more reps you get, the better it's going to be. Uh, you guys are awesome to listen to. I listen to every single one that comes out. Keep doing it. I uh, love doing this crossover pod. Let's definitely do it again. Uh, and uh, as you guys are always welcome on the uh, the the DTF podcast. The official we're DTF. The official DTF podcast. Always, baby. Always. Hey, hey, same to you, Andrew. You're always a pleasure to listen to, and uh, we'll definitely do this soon, man. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Sounds good. Take care. You too. Signing off.